Shout out to Chargers Unleashed, Sebastian Joseph. They know the vibes. We outside. Welcome to another edition of Chargers Unleashed. Jake Efner and Dan Wolkenstein here with you from the LA Football Network. Today's show, of course, is being brought to you by Charger Bolt Family, rock solid sports memorabilia, and BUSR. If this is your first time tuning in the show, make sure to hit that like and subscribe button on YouTube. You can also follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Spotify, and Apple Podcasts. Dan Wolkenstein, we're, we're almost there, my friend. We're almost there. It's the thick of preseason. <laughs> Training camp has been in full effect. It's been a good week. The return of Derwin James. We have preseason game number two coming up tomorrow against the Dallas Cowboys. Good days of joint practices from everything I heard. Boots on the ground. You yourself were there yesterday. Uh, we'll obviously recap a lot of that and then talk about a little bit of what we're what our eyeballs are going to be focused on for preseason game number two, because there's still a lot to focus on here as we get closer and closer to the NFL regular season. But Dan Wolkenstein, how are you, sir? And let's start off by giving some recap of how everything went at practice yesterday. Uh, Jake Hefner, I am good. Happy Friday to you and yours. Happy Friday to Chargers Unleashed listeners and viewers. Uh, exciting show today. We're trying to keep this one brief and succinct for you. Get you the action that actually matters. Uh, get you off to your weekend before we have the kickoff tomorrow evening at 7 p.m. against the Cowboys uh, week number two. Uh, Jake, I'm doing great. Yesterday at training camp was pretty fantastic. Second day of joint scrimmage with the Cowboys uh, did not disappoint. Tons of takeaways. Uh, if you do not follow me on Twitter, I have some of them up there. We'll talk about here. Uh, but if I miss any today, you'll see them there. Uh, Jake, over under how many fights we thought we were going to see I think from Nick Cosswell, Sports Illustrated, I think he said like three and three, a half. Three, three and a half. And that was just on the first day of joint practice. And we went under on both. Very much so. Because Do you think would, our would friends... You, are, well, from what I heard, there was one that included Sebastian Joseph Day, but it didn't even sound like it was that serious. So it was no. more of like a scuffle than a fight. It wasn't even a scuffle. It was a reaction after the play. And that was okay. it. I think he threw maybe through one quote unquote punch, but definitely hit the under. If that was a betting line at BUSR and you bet the under, you'd have made a lot of money heading towards that Derwin James money <laughs> that, nice that we'll plug. be able to throw out. Uh, but Jake, before we go any further, let's pay the bills. Talk about our good friends over at BUSR. Yep. So BUSR, BetUS Racing, or BUSR for short, one of the leading platforms uh, for being one of the most popular sports and race books in the U.S. right now. What they are doing is uh, for any new accounts coming on board with them. Uh, they are giving a hundred hundred percent bonus to any first, first deposits anywhere from zero to a thousand dollars plus 25 casino chips, Uh huge deal going on at bet, bet USR right now. And I can tell you right now, just from overseeing the site and what they have, the availability of what you can bet on. <laughs> there's some pretty interesting things that you could bet on, but in terms of all the sports, horse racing, whatever it is you're into, it's definitely beneficial. So any new accounts, zero to a thousand dollars, they will match a hundred percent of your first deposit for any new customers. Head on over to busr.ag uh, and check out some of the fine betting lines that they have over there. Okay, Jake. Uh, training camp scrimmage number two, joint practice with the Cowboys. Uh, we saw first day. I believe it looked like the offense was struggling a little bit, a little out of sync. 
Uh, they were struggling a little bit going up against the Cowboys specifically because they did not game plan for them and their scheme. And they did that purposefully so they can kind of think on the fly. Uh, day two, Chargers offense looked pretty darn good. You saw Keenan Allen catch touchdowns. You saw Larry Roundtree getting running, rushing touchdowns. Uh, offensive line did a ton of work. Uh, also got worked a bit from the Cowboys defensive line. Um, from a Chargers perspective, though, things to be excited about. Number one, uh, interior defensive line, Jake, balled out yesterday, which we'll get into that in a bit. Uh, secondary looked pretty darn good. You saw J.C. Jackson go up against the Cowboys receivers pretty darn well. Michael Davis, I believe, had an interception yesterday. And you saw Damon Lloyd out there in action. Uh, so otherwise, you know, Rashawn Slater, as advertised. Joey Bosa, Khalil Mack, as advertised. They were getting home all day long. And overall, you know, the I think you get the most out of these types of practices. You know, we'll get into the press conferences that came out and takeaways from there. But but overall, I think the big picture, the things that mattered most to me in this were number one, interdefensive line looks remarkably improved. You saw guys getting in from Covington to Mac to Sebastian Joseph Day to Morgan Fox. Jerry Tillery got a sack. Heard that one yesterday. So a ton of guys, all the ones that you wanted to contribute, all the ones you brought in to help revamp this defensive line are doing so. And you can see an impact immediately. Uh, Sebastian Joseph Day, you mentioned at the top, got a little heated with one of the offensive linemen. Uh, you'd like to see that nasty. And um, so that was number one. Number two, uh, right tackle still isn't solved yet mm. and again preface this with we're going up against a unicorn in micah parsons and so like it's hard to beat micah parsons consistently so like take it with a grain of salt but trey pickens storm norton are not going to beat micah parsons on the regular so let's just call a spade a spade uh running backs still look good We'll get some in insight into what that looks like for the second preseason game here in a bit. But but overall, Jake, I think the 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 vibe on defense feels good. And this is without seeing Derwin James out there. Granted, he was out there in pads. He was out there during pregame warmups and walkthroughs. Uh, and let me tell you, for folks who don't understand or have not seen Derwin James up close and personal, the size difference of him versus the rest of the secondary on this team is remarkable. Like he's he could be twenty pounds heavier than any other safety on this team, but how much ground he can pick up and how fast he is athletically and physically is just a specimen. So uh, grateful to see Derwin James back out there. Any other kind of key takeaways you took from kind of the training camp aspect of this before we get into the preseason stuff? No, from everything that I was following, it sounded like there was there was wins on both sides for both teams. Um, it was nice to see the interior of the defensive line show out like that. You would hope that they would definitely do that considering the whole reorganization that they have done to bring guys in both through the draft and free agency. So you would hope for those type of results. So that was, that was a good sign through those uh, two days of joint practices with the Cowboys uh, followed a lot of the one-on-one -on -one drills, the wide receivers, Michael Bandy was definitely showing out. Although, like I said, it just those individual drills would have made it that much better if he was catching balls. But I know when we got later on in the seven on sevens and 11 on 11 drills, he was he was essentially catching everything that was thrown to him in those drills, so that was nice. I know Jalen Guyton had the one on one, the long the long bomb from Justin Herbert, which was good. Um, and Keenan Allen was doing Keenan Allen things, so very positive things to look at. Um, you know, th this is what I what I take away from this is is a joint practice with no fights, and for 
the big name guys that we know that are going to be starters that are not going to be playing in these preseason games here over the next two weeks. This was a little bit of that tune up for them. And it was done in a very constructive fashion. So yes, to your point, Dan, the right tackle aspect. I know Demarcus Lawrence and Micah Parsons were getting their wins against the Chargers offensive line. So look, it's, it's something to take back. It's something to work for. It's obviously not perfected yet. And you hope as, as these things go on throughout the season, that it's just going to get better. Um, we'll see. And we know that from Trey Pipkins should be getting the start here against the Cowboys in week two. So let's see how that pans out. Hopefully, hopefully it's not an exact replication of what we heard about in practice, but we'll see what takes place. Um, but no, overall, again, I, I thought there was plenty of wins uh, for, for both teams that they had. Again, it was kind of a push of a, of a two days of practice. Um, things that were good and definitely things that to work to work on. I mean, it, it's not going to be a dominant type of thing. So if you were expecting two good out of the Chargers, yes, it, it is. Regardless of what anybody wants to think about the Dallas Cowboys, that defense is pretty damn good. It's pretty good. So, you know, constructive, it worked. And for the starters, it, it was it was a good tune-up process before we get into the regular season. Yeah, I will say a couple of other things extra. Um, Keenan Allen, if you have not seen the touchdown that he and Justin Herbert had, um, I noted I noted it yesterday, Jake. But like the the confidence and kind of the the synergy that Justin Herbert and Keenan Allen have, you kind of see it from his rookie year, kind of progress up to this year. And he had a catch yesterday that went for a touchdown that was eerily similar to the Jets game, his rookie season to two years ago where he's rolling out left and he throws to Keenan Allen, but the defender is not looking at the quarterback. He's watching Keenan Allen and basically the ball goes right by his head and Keenan Allen catches it. Same thing happened yesterday. I believe it was on Trayvon Diggs. Uh, so Keenan Allen's looking good. He kept, he kept his hand down the entire time. And then all of a sudden, bam, last second, catch the touchdown. Um, couple other things. Justin Herbert looked good. He was out at drills for like an hour and a half after practice throwing the same ball over and over and over again. Keenan Allen talked about it in the press conference. Um, he's just maniacally focused. He's a perfectionist. Uh, he did get intercepted yesterday underneath in coverage. I want to say it was Leighton Van Der Esch that intercepted him. Um, but overall, like the ones did pretty darn good. I think the ones stopped them in the two-minute drill. Uh, I think the twos gave up a Hail Mary at the very end of 11-on-11s to end practice. Uh, but overall, like, I, like you said, I think both teams had wins. Both teams had losses. Um, one thing I did notice, Jake, I did want to call out during the individual drills we saw last week against the Cowboys or against the Cowboys, against the Rams, how Dean Leonard kind of got exposed a little bit and how the secondary in general wasn't turning their head around multiple, multiple drills. We saw yesterday focused on DBs turning their head around, trying to track the football in coverage. I'm talking like two, three, four drills doing this over and over and over again. Uh, so it's important. The team recognized it clearly. It was a point of emphasis. Uh, team's working on it. Before we get into kind of the preview of the game on Saturday, i.e. tomorrow, <laughs> um, press conferences. You heard from Brandon Staley. You heard from Keenan Allen. Didn't really hear much from Keenan Allen, to be honest. And you heard from Justin Herbert. Um, do you get a chance to hear the press conferences, Jake? Here and there. I mean, Justin Herbert said one of the, I think he was talking about Isaiah Spiller, if I remember correctly, but it was literally the mirror yes. image of when we were there. 
I can't remember if it was the first day that we were there, Dan, or day two, when they were saying, you know, what's your expect- expectations for for Zion Johnson? And uh, and he says, like, well, I hope he's going to play right guard. <laughs> and did he say the exact same thing for Isaiah Spiller yesterday? He was like, I hope he's going to play, play his running back. I hope yes. he plays running back. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Justin Herbert saying Justin Herbert things. Um, you got to love it. Um, Justin Herbert kind of talked about uh, the importance of learning kind of cadences and improving upon that to kind of give the offensive line a heads up. Talks about how much he's worked with the offensive line and Corey Lindsley on kind of developing some of the cadences and best practices they got from Green Bay and Aaron Rodgers. Um, Justin Herbert kind of talks about the the competitiveness at the right tackle position. You know, he didn't really want to chime in on who's doing better or worse, but, you know, commended those two guys on their camaraderie and kind of the talent they have and the competitive spirit that each of them have. Uh, he did kind of light up talking about Isaiah Spiller. He did talk about, obviously, he hopes he plays running back, but talked about his competitiveness, talked about his, you know, churning for extra yardage and him picking up the offense fairly quickly. So Justin Herbert saying all the right things. You know, I think he gained a lot out of this two-day scrimmage. Um, still some things to learn. He talks about kind of the the 202, 303 class-level stuff he wants to get into. Um Justin Herbert then talked about uh, the improvements he's seen from Justin Herbert on his patience, on his cadence, on his timing. And uh, overall, I think, you know, Keenan even alluded to the running back kind of competition. We were saying like, you know, they have lots of things got to work on from a pass protection from, from running. Uh, but he says it's competition and, you know, the best man wins. And obviously Austin Eckler is going to be number one. And then the rest is up for grabs. So, uh, we'll get into that, what that looks like for preseason game number two. Uh, but Brandon Staley, you know, I think he he kind of summarized things pretty good. Um, there's a lot of questions that are kind of asked of him around, you know, obviously Derwin James and what that means. But then I think what was kind of interesting to me, Jake, was when he he discussed the, the UDFAs. Someone asked a question about what the running back situation is going to look like moving forward. And... He said this was kind of telling. Um, one, that Letty Brown, Kevin Marks are going to be splitting reps the second half of the preseason game. And you're going to see Spiller, Roundtree, Kelly splitting reps in the first half. But the other part was somebody asked a question about who we're going to see in preseason based on what we saw during practice from last preseason game to this preseason game. And Brandon Staley kind of stopped. And he paused, and that's a great question, and then essentially said, you'll know by the time pregame warm-ups start, essentially. But what that's alluding to is somebody was asking, like, who's going to be playing next week or this coming game that maybe either was or was not playing last week or vice versa? Like, who proved enough to you, coach, that they don't need to play or play less this coming game against the Cowboys? So I take that. As like a question, like I think I'm very interested to see what that looks like. Who is going to be playing less or not playing based on the last week of performance? You look at guys like Michael Davis, who's had a standout performance so far. Santi Samuel Jr. honestly is kind of an up and down, so you don't know. Um, I think you'll probably see some of the guys on the interior defensive line maybe be able to sit out. Uh, I can guarantee you Jerry Tillery is going to be playing though. Um, but no, I thought that was interesting, Jake. Yeah, I don't know if I could peg exactly who 
would or would not be playing. Because I look at Michael Davis and I look at Asante Samuel Jr. And you could say arguably right now, as far as stringing consecutive days together, I don't remember Michael Davis ever having a practice week the way that he's had he's this good. week. And someone could fact check me going back over the last two or three years, but I'm talking about consistently where you're hearing his name almost every single day of the week. Uh, and this is coming off the heels of the public comments that he had made last year talking about, you know, how he had lost focus last year because of some personal issues and, you know, trying to recoup from that. And this is a great indicator of a response. Now, obviously, we, we're talking about it has to translate on the, on the NFL field during regular season, during actual snaps that count, but it's a good start. Uh, I would still assume that Michael Davis and Asante Samuel would both be playing sparingly in this game. The way that you had, the way that he had revealed a little bit of the depth chart as far as Letty Brown, Kevin and Mark splitting, that sounds about right, given the fact that they really haven't gotten a chance to show much. Joshua Kelly and, and Larry Roundtree, that sounds about what the depth chart is measured at right now when you take Isaiah Spiller and Austin Eckler out of that equation. So, yeah, I'd be really interested to see because Josh Kelly started in the game last week looked great and has looked great in the practices, you know, here in between. So let's see if it continues. Um, I don't know. I mean, again, I, I, he may just be trying to be subtle and because we know the players that are definitely not going to play the big name players in this. Nobody, nobody who wasn't playing is going to now be playing. We know. Correct. Correct. So even though Drew Tranquil is back from injury, I wouldn't expect that he's going to throw Drew Tranquil back, back into the fold. Um, you know, I think you still need to get a lot of looks from Damon Lloyd, who's trying to make this team. The Troy readers that actually were making plays last week against the Rams. You need to build that depth up. Um, as much a as we would like to guys. say that that Michael Bandy has made this team uh, or the Brennan Fajokos have made this team, I still think that they're going to be out there playing. I do, because you're still it, fighting for roster spots. I don't know so, if this is a hot take, though. I don't think Bandy's made the team yet. No, no, no. As great as he's right. looked. And I'm not saying, I'm not saying he they're is. They're going to go up in arms if he doesn't. Like, yes. And, right I, and now, I'm not saying he has not. either. Yeah, I'm not saying he has either. But there's definitely a case to be made from what he's been doing in practice that you just would automatically pencil him in. But I don't think that that's the case either. We're talking about a wide receiver six spot here that is by no means guaranteed. Um, so, yeah, I think, honestly, Dan, I don't really think that there's going to be that many changes or surprises come this, come this weekend. I think that was a very subtle answer from Staley just to try not to play his hand in it too much and maybe just maybe just give a little bit of shade to the media to say, you know, I'm not going to get into that right now. Whatever's going to happen. But who knows? We may be surprised on who we see or we don't see come Sunday or come Saturday. Excuse me. Yeah. Um, no, I, I think honestly, it'll be, it'll be interesting. Um, you know, we'll, we'll see what happens. I do think we will see some things that were, uh, <laughs> uh, different than a week ago, but we'll get there. We have less than 24 hours or no, sorry. We have probably about 30 hours <laughs> or so till kickoff. Um, all right. So Jake, I guess kind of moving into like the, the gritty of this, what are you looking for? to seeing on Saturday specifically from the Chargers, offense, defense, whatever. Yeah. I mean, this should be a given if you're taking a look at what you saw last week. Um, you know, overall pressures from the line, majority of those guys last week did very well with the exception of Foster Sorrell, who we know gave up about seven pressures throughout that game. Um, I'd like to see if Easton stick. 
is going to be able to build off of his momentum that he had during the second half of the Rams game. Let's see what happens because he's probably going to get the starting nod against the Cowboys. Um, again, offensive line. I would, I would, I would hope that you're taking these last two days of film. And whether you're Storm Norton, Trey Pipkins, whichever offensive lineman you are, to say, look, this is what we need to focus on. So let's start here in a preseason game that really doesn't mean much in the grand scheme of things, but means a lot towards towards your starting role in this team. And let's build off of it. I definitely want to see some improvements in that standpoint. Um, you have to look at the secondary and say that that's completely a big thing. We need to get those trends reversed, especially if we're don't mean to throw it out there, but point out the Dean Leonard's. And while he was in great position, just the little tweaks here and there just to be there to make the plays. How about better tackling defensively? I mean, again, it's it sounds so fundamental, but we are in preseason and this is the time to work some of those kinks out. So you would just hope that from one week to the next, you're not going to be a perfect polished product. Don't, don't get me wrong. I'm not looking for perfection here, but I would like to see some things corrected between the Rams game and the Cowboys game. Yeah. Um, I'm wondering, I'm hoping to see someone kind of take the reins uh, in the running back squad. Like I, I will, we see a Lenny Brown and Kevin Marks kind of step up. They're going to have a whole half to get reps. Uh, I, I don't think they're going to overtake a you know Joshua Kelly Isaiah Spiller per se, but could they make the could they make the push to where maybe the Chargers will need to keep four? I don't know if they should or they do, but if they come out and ball out, if we see what I'm getting, like if you know a few br- broken tackles, we see a few like longer gains, a couple touchdowns, like that that could be something. Like that, all they need is a few big plays. You're you're not wrong. You're not wrong. And and the only thing I was going to add to it was this, Dan, and this is part, part of my justification on why I don't think that the Chargers should keep four running backs on the final 53-man roster when it comes down to it, is that when you look at the body of work in training camp between Larry Roundtree, Letty Brown, Kevin Marks, whether it's what they've done on the field thus far, or even if you're taking in special teams accounts, because that goes a long way on make, taking up some of those final roster spots. Have you seen anything that would warrant enough that would validate them as an, to take up a roster spot as an RB4? And me personally, I would say no. I would say no. But I get what, you're, I get what it is that you're looking for. You want, you want to see it. I understand that. Letty Brown and Kevin Marks are two guys that you know undrafted free agents that people have talked about a lot. Last year, Larry Roundtree looked like he was overtaking the job for Josh Kelly, and people were, there was a lot of excitement about him during the preseason. And then, unfortunately, it ended up fizzling out. But standing here today, outside of guys that we know that can tout the rock and have looked good doing it, between the Austin Ecklers, the Isaiah Spillers, and the Joshua Kellys, I haven't seen much from that. So that yes, that's a huge question mark. Yeah, and I will say, and you kind of you kind of touched on it a bit at the top when you were talking about kind of storylines to look for, but. I need to see improvement from the secondary, specifically the young guys, 100%. specifically in coverage. I don't want to see penalties as much. That I would rather them. The thing is, I would rather them get penalties for turning their head around, getting too aggressive, falling into the receiver, than giving up pass interference where you just tackle the guy and you don't even look back for the ball. Like, show me that you're improving. Show me that you're taking constructive criticism and you're learning from mistakes. If you get too aggressive, fine. 
but you should not be making the same mistakes again. So Jazeer Taylors, the Dean Leonard's, the the younger guys, the JT Woods, ones who are having trouble tackling, like those are the guys I want to see develop. And I think this is where you get to see that the most. And so Spotlight is probably going to be on them. I think the, the players that probably have the most to prove this game are going to be the secondary, which is broke my microphone, are going to be the secondary guys, specifically the young ones. So like not Michael Davis, not Asante Samuel Jr., not Nazir Adderley. I'm not worried about them. But the rookies slash undrafted free agents in the secondary. And then I do think it's kind of a toss-up. Obviously, right tackle spots, Trey Pipkin, Storm Norton, like they that's the job up for grabs. But um, aside from that... The interior defensive line is going to be tough. Like at this point, I don't think Jerry Tillery makes a team. If it was today, he does not make the team. Morgan Fox is better than him right now. Obviously, Sebastian Joseph Day is better than him. Austin Johnson better than him. Braden Fajoko is probably there better than go. him. So you're already down to, was it five, six? Otito's definitely going to make the squad over him because he was just drafted. How many are they going to actually keep? So like, Jerry Tillery's time is running out before it's too late. And I know that the front office has liked him personally, and they've been giving him kind of, I don't want to say flack, but it seems as though they've been allowing him to kind of stay with the team, even though he hasn't necessarily They've given every opportunity for him to become that guy that they thought that he was going to be. But he hasn't. Yes. So that's the area. And then, you know, you mentioned it, Damon Lloyd. I think he... Right now, he makes the team. He should be on the team right now. But again, linebackers, now that you're seeing Kenneth Murray back, supposedly back on Monday, there's a the slots number 50 to 53 is going to be so cutthroat when we get to those final trimming. <sighs> I just, I don't know. I don't envy the coaching staff, the front office, have to do that because those cuts no. are going to suck. Because no. somebody. Somebody like a Damon Lloyd, a Michael Bandy, a Tillery, uh, Jamal Davis, like some of these guys, uh, Dean Leonard, Jazir Taylor, one of these, some of these guys, most of these guys are not going to make the team, which is heartbreaking. Yes. But it's just the reality of how deep this roster is. So right. I know we just went rapid fire on a whole bunch of kind of things to look for. Um, but I think people who say the offseason, the preseason doesn't matter, like they're categorically wrong this is literally make or break livelihood for 53 men yeah i mean preseason now has been more focused and i and i like this obviously over the last couple years that they've expanded the rosters but now limiting it only to three games you're pretty much for the most part resting your starters and you're just figuring out who are going to be the depth pieces and who's going to battle it out for roster spots who's really going to prove that they want to make this team and that's the exciting part, really. I mean, when you talk about guys like a Damon Lloyd that's had to fight through the attrition that he had going all the way back a season ago to where he was with this team, a uh, Jamal Davis coming in from where he was signed this past January from, um, I can't remember, was it, was it the CFL or the UFFL that he was CFL. signed for? CFL, thank you. You know, who's just jacked like a, you know... <laughs> Like a little mini version of a Hulk for a guy that's his size. Then you have guys like Michael Bandy and the story of Joe Reed that he's had to go through over this this year. And then you guys that we have young draft picks like Dean Leonard and Jasir Taylor that have really shown nice flashes. And again, I get into it, Dan. It's just 
On top of that, when you look at the whole of just even, I know we haven't taken any regular season snaps here, but if you combine that with the free agent acquisitions, guys that are trying to make this roster on top of your collection of draft picks for this year, I can't remember having this many, this much talent around you for, let's just say, to be fair, four open roster spots. So we've touched on it a lot. And Dan, we didn't even mention, you know, I know Jasir Taylor has an outside chance of playing on the Saturday game. I know Mark Webb is also dealing with a little bit of injury. So I'm hoping, especially given the the praise from the coaches on what they expect from him, that that's not going to keep, have his roster spot in danger, but who knows? But Let's just say this. In short, you want to see areas improvement, and for the guys that are still battling for roster spots, let's keep the trend that was there a week ago, and let's keep it going into this one. Because if you can make it two games in a row and and the consistent days of practice, your odds of making this roster are only going to improve. 100%. Chargers versus the Cowboys, 7 p.m. Pacific time at SoFi. We'll see how everything at scrimmage and at practice, joint practice, Translates to the field. Lots of spots up for grabs. Uh, before we wind out, Jake. Yeah. Before we wind out, Jake. It sounded like a little bit of a British accent. Yeah, I know, Jake. <laughs> <laughs> um, we do have two giveaways going out right now um, on our Twitter handle. Uh, we have a Rashawn Slater and a Mike Williams signed poster that we got from training camp yesterday. Go ahead and find the details there. But basically, retweet and show your subscription screenshot. Uh, otherwise, you can find all your swag LAFB Network at the shop. You can use the code UNLEASH, save 25% off. Go to our friends over at BUS- BUSR. You'll get all kinds of stuff there in terms of uh, discounts and money that you can get for free to use as you will. Uh, Jake, anything else you want to tell the great friends before we start off the weekend? Get ready for Saturday. Two things. First and foremost, no injuries. Let's get out of this game clean no matter what the result. Second... Because you brought it up, Dan. You were talking about you wanted to see a correction of the penalties. And here's a here's another great line for BUSR. Who has more penalties in this game? Dallas Cowboys or the Los Angeles Chargers? Please be the Cowboys. I know where my money would be going. <clears throat> but that's a fun one. <laughs> <laughs> yes, for Jake Hefter, you can find him at Jake T. Hefter. Myself, at Dan W. Sports. Guys, thank you so much. Have a great weekend. Stay healthy. Stay classy. We'll talk to you soon. Talk to you next time on Chargers Unleashed.